she didn't feel anything one-on-one wasn't enough she grew frustrated angry took it out on what couldn't satisfy her wow (laughs) i mean that's incredibly spot on can you not that i can access her it's not impressive you could just be a little less happy that i'm defective okay i'm gonna try not to take you personally now you manipulate Everyone has to be exactly where Rafi wants him to. You think we don't see it, but we all do. Welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Notch Carnegie, and with me, removing our slippers and walking into the wild, are... Adam Bowen. I should have uh, said it is Adam. It's just you and me this week. Uh, it really is. So, yeah, here we go. But, uh, so speaking of that, today we're going to be t- covering Season 2, Episode 8 of Star Trek Picard, Mercy. And what you should do, dear listeners, follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Do us a solid and tell your friends about the podcast. Tell them we've got this. I've got this great Star Trek podcast I listen to. Also, guess what? I've gone and rated it five stars on my favorite podcast app, like Apple Podcasts. So you should definitely listen to it. Wait, what's that? You haven't given us a five star rating? Well, you should do that too, dear listener. Get it done. And this is the part where I need to tell you that we are going to be spoiling this episode of Star Trek Picard. We're also probably going to spoil other things in Star Trek and maybe other series or like books. We might spoil some of your relationships. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But just be prepared for that as you continue listening and uh, join us. So that's why I had that breakup a few months ago. It was because of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this week we're talking about Mercy. It's the eighth episode of the second season of Star Trek Picard. First aired on 21st April 2022. It was written by Cindy Apple and Kristen Baer. It was directed by Joe Menendez. And the in-universe dates are April 13th and 14th, 2024. This is the part of the last recording of this episode where Adam said, Sorry, I'm not recording anymore. So I'm just checking with you right now to confirm that we're actually... I can proceed with the rest of the episode, Adam. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to keep that to myself, and we'll find out at the end of the episode whether I've you, been recording. You are editing, so you could just, like, listen to my, like, my side of the track and just, like, record your own vocals again later, like, differently, <laughs> like, and just, like, make me look bad the whole time. Just like... <laughs> that, seems, that seems like an incredible amount of work. <laughs> I think I will try to not do that. Okay, all right, good, I'm grateful. All right, here's the episode summary from Memory Alpha. With time running out before the launch of the Europa mission, hey, remember that one? Uh, Picard and Guinan must free themselves from FBI custody. Seven and Rafi come face-to-face with Girardi and the horror of what she's become. The horror. The horror. What's that from? The horror. Forgotten now. It's a movie reference. I I have absolutely no idea. I, I can just Google the horror, the horror. Probably something will come up with. You should tell me where that's from. I would would be curious to know. Um, In the meantime, we have strange new takes. And Adam, you're supposed to go first, but I'm going to take this over because you're Googling some very important information right now. 
Uh, my strange new take is that you don't realize just how important your back is to you until it goes out. And then you're like, crap, I can't do all these things that I've assembled my life around. Like, for example, there are all these shelves that I have stuff on. I can't reach it any more comfortably. And yeah, it's it's be very careful about your backs, people. You do not want to, to live a life where it's kind of you're halted from using it to its full extent. Um, with this episode, I'm just going to straight come out and say it. This was the most disappointing episode so far this season for me. It's still not horrible. I'm not going to go out and say like, oh, 2 on 10 or whatever. But like, definitely a little bit took the shine off the 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 momentum that we've had so far uh, with Star Trek Picard. And I'm hoping that they can get it back the next episode. Uh, and... Well, I, I don't have to come up with a, a strange new take from uh, outside of uh, Star Trek because you, you gave me one. So uh, the horror, the horror, uh, <laughs> Joseph Conrad, Heart of Darkness. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, classic. That is classic. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Nice. I feel more, more cultured already. Yeah. Uh, so for the episode itself, um, I... I I, I know that we're getting answers about why the Q have issues with Guinan and, and Elorians in general, but I'm not sure I really get it. Uh, and so this episode was just more of, of that sort of like, uh, oh, uh, okay, wait, what, what's happening? Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, that seems like it. Guinan, Guinan can do that. Uh so <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's let's engage on that later because I have some questions as well. Um, by the way, before we proceed, I just want to ask you, have you watched Apocalypse now? Uh, I do not believe I have. So have you read Heart of Darkness? Uh, no. Okay. So, okay, if you are like Adam and you haven't watched or read those, Heart of Darkness is a novel uh, by... Uh, who do you say that wrote... The, Joseph Conrad. Joseph Conrad wrote... I, I can never remember if Conrad is the guy who wrote the article or is the guy who um, is the main character of that book. But anyway, Heart of Darkness is about a, a sailor who takes an assignment from a Belgian trading company to go and find a, 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 a officer who's gone, um, gone native as such, named Kurtz. And it's it's all about how basically this this sailor goes through the Congo uh, River, down the Congo River, encounters a lot of incredibly kind of challenging things and then finds Kurtz, who basically challenges Marlowe's own conception of humanity and and not in a good way. Uh, Mm. It's it's a very it's a very um, startling read, especially given that it was written in like the turn of the century between the 1800s and 1900s. Adapted into a fantastic Vietnam War movie called Apocalypse Now by Stanley Kubrick, starring Marlon Brando as Colonel Kurtz and um, Martin Sheen as uh, as the officer tasked with finding him. Um, probably most people's top ten movie lists of all times, um, and filmed in the Philippines with actual Vietnam era equipment uh, that was given to the Philippine Army. So uh, it's it's. It's pretty ridiculous movie. Anyway, the point is, the, the, the reason I brought this up is because Anthony Bourdain creates an episode of his travel show, Parts Unknown, where he goes to the Congo and and goes down the Congo River because uh, 
Heart of Darkness is one of his favorite books. I would say that's one of the most impactful episodes of Bourdain's entire career. Um, hmm. sh- shining light on a part of the world and issues that are very infrequently talked about, such as the Belgian genocide in the Congo. And it's got some interesting back- backstory to that episode in his producer Tom Batali's book as well, uh, In the Weeds. There's an entire chapter about this trip to the Congo. And it's it's just fascinating. It's, it's, it's Heart of Darkness and Apocalypse Now were these kind of creations that took on an, a whole like life of their own in their creators lives and the same thing happened with a guy trying to recreate them so it's it's very cool highly recommend chasing down these pieces of art um and and delving into them further sorry i had to go on that tangent adam oh for sure i i, I may not have read uh heart of darkness or seen apocalypse now but i have seen tropic thunder uh oh, a, yeah. a ben stiller film that i do not believe is on many people's top 10 lists yeah, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think it gets there. Uh, but you, you're clearly, you know, why, why read Heart of Darkness anymore? You know exactly what. Yeah, it is it's now. The, yeah. it's basically the same. Exactly, exactly. Well, anyway, um, let's uh, let's get to a lesser piece of art. Um, Mercy. Uh, say I'd rate Mercy over Tropic Thunder, but anyway, that's not either here nor there. But um, <laughs> I think my issues with this episode start from the very first scene, and I don't know if you feel the same way. Uh, you're referring to the, that sort of boy in the woods, uh, running from the, the Vulcan situation. Yeah. Which, you know, we talked about how in this Star Trek discovery, I had mass effect flashbacks and I had flashbacks to the mass effect three boy running through the woods. <laughs> I know, okay. So we, we just, we need to make sure that they are staying as, as far away from the bad parts of mass effect three, uh, as possible when we're doing our Star Trek. Um, I, 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 I don't know. I, 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 I got a little bit excited here because I thought we were maybe going to like do a Carbon Creek callback, mm. uh, which at least was intriguing to me. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a little bit the uh, close to like the conceit of like, oh, this person is Spock's brother, and that's why you're watching this. Uh, so I guess maybe it's good that this is just. I guess it ended up being some randos. Uh, that just also uh, were accidentally on Earth for a bit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't say that I really feel like uh, this FBI character was, like, a someone that was, like, compelling for me to watch. Like, I, I don't know that I super cared. Uh, I, I kind of was... Uh, it was interesting, at least, uh, Guinan pointing out the whole time that like you, this probably isn't real and you probably aren't actually doing any of the things that you're claiming to but um yeah Do you um so so i mean carbon creek kind of blew away the idea of quote-unquote first contact mm-hmm. um and now this episode is just like yeah the vulcans have been just doing shit on earth this whole time and it's kind of like this you know like how cristobal Calon claimed to have like discovered all this stuff well it turns out even even if we're just talking about europeans finding north america leaf mm-hmm. erickson has been around so like this group of vulcans was the leaf erickson's of first contact uh, oh possibly what well, but I, I guess we don't even know like what timing it is i mean i guess the guy looks i don't think he's maybe he's, he's probably not old enough to be uh even from carbon creek right uh but yeah, I, I mean, he's he's sort of a, 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 the the actor has that has that look of like am, oh, ambiguous gee, age. 
Yeah, uh, he, he kind of looks like he could have fallen out of what's that TV show where uh, Ron Howard was a little boy, and there was like a wholesome. Oh, uh, um, uh, How, we're just just too young to remember yeah, I, the I, show. I, I feel Adam. like I can whistle it. I don't know if I should. Andy whistle. Griffith show. Andy Griffith show. There we go. Yeah, I knew the song. I just couldn't. <laughs> yeah, the, the flashlight he's holding is definitely Andy Griffith show age. Uh, yeah, if, and, I, and I, I I don't know if he's Andy Griffith show. I, I guess I Ron Howard, Howard. I guess I don't. I don't feel like he's super old, so maybe this is possible. Uh, <laughs> um, well, anyway, I, I just wanted to, I guess, point out that uh, you know, basically, the Vulcans. I mean, you're going to find out that the Neanderthals were wiped out because the Vulcans shot them off for the humans. Like they've just been interfering <laughs> in humanity the whole time. Um, well, let me, I mean, I, I talk some shit, so let me let me let me explain that. I think this episode, this scene confused me. We've seen a little boy in ambiguously placed kind of flashbacks already this season. So to mm-hmm. do it again for a different character felt a little weird and confusing to me as a viewer. Um, mm. And then later I just kind of... I was just generally not very uh, excited about the entire storyline with the detective. It was just kind of like guy haunted by UFOs. Like It was just... Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just... like I, I, I mean, I I found some of the episodes of Star Trek that try to do things where they they like explain, uh, sort of like the the controversial conspiracy theory type things that people have in the real world, and then say like, oh, uh, that was uh back when Quark uh like accidentally crashed in 1947 or whatever in Roswell or mm-hmm. uh things like that. But it's, yeah, I, 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 I don't know that I, I needed it again. Uh, and it, yeah, it does feel a little bit weird to have this, like, stuck right in the middle of our um, uh, pretty fast-paced uh, series uh, so far, or, like, season. And, and I guess, um, kind of like you were talking about, that we've, we've already tread down some of these pathways. We, we've also already arrested some of our crew via some arm of the federal government so like i I don't know that i needed us to like get rearrested but like a slightly different branch what a twist uh yeah yeah see i mean that's the you know that's kind of the way i see it it's just kind of like a lot of the stuff that happened in this episode seemed like it was happening all this has happened before and all this will happen again (laughs) like you know the the whole idea of like soon encountering someone from the future who like brings him a solution Hey, did that happen in like episode three? (laughs) 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 Um, But anyway, uh, they they had to write themselves an episode and they gave us this one. Um, Let's jump into the whole Picard Guinan of it all with our detective man. Um, I think... I think that's where I start to just ask, what was the point? Like, what what did this get us? What did those scenes, like, give us? And this is not me kind of asking a leading question. It's me genuinely telling you, like, what did you get out of the scenes with Picard, Guinan, and the FBI? Uh, I mean, like I mentioned before, we get a little bit of, like, okay, well, uh, I, I, maybe we don't need to complicate it with the with talking about Q quite, uh, quite at the moment, though. But in terms of 
what I got as a viewer, uh, I I got a, at least a decent bit of Picard, like, telling someone in the past about, like, being hopeful for the future and, and things like that. Like, that was semi-cool. Uh, I don't know that I super buy that it, like, would have resulted in them getting released. I, I think it is... There's at least something there where now we're going to have maybe some access to try and fix the launch uh so uh, i yeah like like may, maybe we've gained a little bit of an ally in that he's been able to do something before he got fired uh that is going to help us save the europa mission um i yeah i i but i i thought uh weirdly like one of the Something that would have been more compelling to me was actually uh, that initial threat that uh, Picard and Guinan were talking with each other, where they they sort of realized, like, oh, crap, are we actually causing the scrubbing of the launch by trying to save it? Uh, because, like, now he's going to report us and, like, say that we're tampering and, like, that's what's going to cause it. I, I thought if we had just left it at that and truly the launch was scrubbed because it was, like, Picard and friends' fault, like, that would have been interesting, um, but we, at the end of this episode, we kind of reset, answered a, a bit of questions about Q and then, uh, we're just going to still try to save the launch that's happening tomorrow. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, there is that kind of tension of the launch, like you're saying that gets brought in again after we've forgotten it for an episode. Um, I was, I really was hoping that they were going to bring back Dukarn from, relativity i i was i every every moment with the dark detective was in there i was waiting for him to be like and we've noticed this temporal incursion and we're here to like help you yeah yeah that would have been a very cool way to like it's not really a branch of the government it's uh something like that which i guess it kind of i'm not entirely sure if this was like the fbi or if he had been like already fired when he like i don't i don't know this was a, a weird (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's just it's there, there are some questions i think that come up in here when we're when we're thinking about this one other question i had was how did q break into the fbi thing if he can't do his like snapping his fingers thing anymore <laughs> i think maybe he he's uh maybe he he's still able to have like a i mean he's he's clearly charismatic uh because people are probably like shit john delancey's here and uh then they can like just do whatever he says, just like I would. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe maybe Q is able to affect his own appearance or like mm. his like facts that are sort of centered around him. So he might be able to sort of fake people's uh, understanding of who he is because uh, he's he, we've seen him become like the therapist and like presumably uh, NASA is not like wait who's this dude. Uh, mm-hmm. when he's inter and uh, also Renee Picard is like aware, like knows that this is her ther like this is her therapist that she's been talking to, um, right? Exactly. Like I feel like there are enough kind of checks and balances, right? Basically, yeah. But I I I think in terms of um, maybe more like materially what it, what we or not materially but philosophically what we get from the episode. I think really it does center around Q, like learning that Q is dying and also like what Q's feelings about him dying are, uh, mm-hmm. which I think actually was a, a very uh, sort of interesting take 
and and a different direction from how they've approached like Q Q's dying before. I think. Right. Yeah. So okay, this is the other thing. Now we've got. So the big reveal uh, is that Q is mortal now in some mm-hmm. ways, and he's got to think about basically what's next when you when you um, when you're impending mortality staring you in the face. How do you approach your legacy? How do you approach the the thereafter when there is no thereafter? And yeah. it seemed almost though that Q was lamenting the 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 slowness rather than anything else i don't know if you got that sense like he seemed to be like he said he was this is this is the point at which i always regret not having the transcript but he it seemed like he was regretting he initially looked forward to it but then slowly he started regretting that it was going to happen but yeah like there was supposed to be some sort of uh big revelation for him or that he was it was going to add a clarity or an understanding to him that uh he didn't have access to before but instead it just seems like it's a it's a void and it's just gonna all end and then it's gonna be nothing um right and i i I don't know i i think it's uh I guess kind of at the same time, uh, like in parallel with this, it, this was one of those uh, moments of like synchronicity of I've been uh, watching a, f- uh, a few different videos um, mm-hmm. uh, about this, the notion of like optimistic nihilism and uh, just like kind of the, the idea of like, if truly the the universe is just going to end in like heat death, like, mm-hmm. and, and like, the only thing around will maybe be like the remnants of white dwarf stars and black holes. And even those are going to fizzle out. Like Mm -hmm. what, what are we doing? Why, why is anything? Uh, And uh, I, I I think it's interesting to have uh, like Q is one of the beings who is even capable of being scared of something like that. Uh, cause like we, we can be scared of, of something like that, maybe philosophically of like, uh, why did our success, did our society exist? Like, do, did any of us ever matter if there's eventually going to be nothing? Uh, but it's still sort of a, like our, our own deaths are the most important things to us, uh, for the most part. And, uh, Q is able to kind of like, I, I got the sense, at least, that that it, he, his type of worry is more about like if Q's not there anymore, it's because maybe nothing is, uh, and that's kind of it. Uh, right. So I, I I enjoyed that that bit of ex, exploration uh, uh, from the episode, but it, it might have been one of those things of like I started thinking about cool shit, uh, and the episode uh, therefore got like a higher rating for me because I'm like, yeah, I thought about some cool stuff. I don't know if it was in the episode or if it was just like me privately thinking. <laughs> No, I think I think it was there. I just I, this is this is another issue. I think the dialogue was trying to be very heavy, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think they kind of nailed the. Um, I don't think they kind of nailed the landing on Q's philosophical musings. I don't think they gave us enough time to digest what he was saying because he was saying some incredibly deep things, which mm-hmm. could mirror Picard's own feelings on his mortality, right? He's yeah. asked, been asking questions about love and why he's never found it. Is it too late? 
mm-hmm. um, what has the meaning of his life been? Because he's asking, like, if his if his childhood is not the way he remembers it, is his time in space the way he remembers it? Like, these are some of the questions that come up, would come up if I was Picard. Yeah. So Q's own musings on the meaning of his life. The you know the the line he uses um, is is the being enveloped in the warm glow of meaning. At the end mm, of your life, if yeah. you understand, okay, my life has meant, you know, the, the way we picture Victorian deaths, where it's like you sitting like on a on a bed with your family around you and everyone saying, Papa, your legacy is the factory <laughs> and, and all of us happy. And I hope you shall be enveloped in the warm glow meaning. And, you know, it's it's like, but Q doesn't have that. Instead, he's slowly losing his powers. He can't like just send Guinan off into the, you know, like off somewhere else. Yeah. Um, instead, he has to kind of, he has to create that meaning for himself in some ways. Maybe that's the answer for it all. But I, I didn't get, I didn't get that through, through his, um, through his conversations. I've had to create that for myself, which I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think some of this we're probably going to have to wait a little bit. Like, I, I feel like this was like a big enough reveal that like probably the only time Q talks about dying is not going to be like in this random episode with that, where it's in an FBI basement and then it's never mentioned again. Like, I, I feel like we're, we've, we've got to get uh, to that point where Q maybe figures out, like you were saying, like that he has to provide his own meaning or, or things like right. that. And, and that'll be sort of, we're set where we had sort of a, a minor speech that, uh, that happened now setting up a, a great Picard speech uh, later on. But I, I guess um, as you were talking, I was kind of uh, reflect, reflecting on like, I don't know. I Part of me is kind of sad that we uh, we sort of forced this to happen all in the past uh, because I'd really like to see uh John Delancey have this with Whoopi Goldberg. Like, like that's like the pairing that I want to have, uh, with Q. And, uh, I mean, I, I think that the, the actress who is playing, uh, Guinan is very good, but it, it's, uh, like, and, and I, I, I like that they're, they're taking it in a kind of a different direction, but it, mm-hmm. it just, I don't know if the purpose of this is to sort of like bring us into Q and Guinan's relationship, like, why couldn't we have done this part in the 25th century or something like that? I don't, I don't know. And maybe we will. Like, maybe in episode number 10, we will have Picard, Guinan, and Q sitting around a bar table having a, you know, a Lorian brandy or something like that, right? Yeah. Like, we don't know what's, what's ahead of us in the show. Um, but I, I genu- generally mirror your feelings, I think. And... And so, yeah, I, I do feel like this episode was just a little bit... I think it was headed in the right direction thematically, perhaps, in some ways. But they just didn't nail the landing um, with like yeah. this this discussion we're talking about and ways in which we think it could have been stronger. Um, before we go off into other... Because there's two other substantial plots with both Rios and Seven and, and um, Rafi. We should talk... And, of course, Agnes and, and Sung. I want to I want to finish talking about this whole FBI area. So so before I do that, here's one quick bit of what Q tells Guinan. I now have a lifetime. Can a single act redeem a lifetime? And Guinan asks, why bring him to the past? I did not bring him to the past. He did that on his own. There are many forms of time travel, but he's trapped here. The trap is immaterial. It's the escape that counts. So I guess what Q is saying is that 
he just gave Picard a problem to deal with. And mm-hmm. Picard chose time travel as the way to fix that problem. So Q is trying to see how Picard is going to escape the, the the challenge she's given him, which is mm-hmm. you are now in a dystopian version of your present. And Q is very adamant that he did not bring Picard into 2024. Picard did that on his own. Yeah. I guess... Um... That that was certainly interesting. I part of me is wondering, like that 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 line centered on like it's uh, the trap is not the the issue; it's like the escape. I, I'm wondering if, like, am I supposed to extrapolate that and think about like is life the trap, uh, and what matters is like how you die or like the the way that you that you like make your your life meaningful by like having that grand exit or something like like is mm-hmm. is that where Q's going? I'd uh it's uh i i'm intrigued if that's where he's going uh and it and i feel like thematically that fits with uh i i think probably the arc that um that like the series picard is going Mm -hmm. uh because like i i don't i think it's supposed to be just three seasons and that's it and it is yeah i I know we we screwed it up by like killing picard in the first season and replacing him with a robot (laughs) uh but i assume that the end of season three will be that we kill the robot uh and now we don't have to worry about whether or not it was picard or not because both of them are dead so basically what you're saying is there'll be children around a victorian bed and saying picard you have led a very meaningful (laughs) life and yeah yeah Yeah. we 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 fixed data's death in the first season and we will fix picard's death death in the third season okay so there we go yeah okay well um just just closing the loop on the detective i thought it was yeah okay nice guy decides to confound expectations he's not some creepy weird like i'm gonna probe the alien with dongs kind of person but he's actually a a guy who does the right thing in the end but again i just i think it was a missed opportunity to do something more with that character than basically have him show up in a bar show up in a cell and then he's been fired goodbye well and like i i don't i guess i don't see why he couldn't have been one of the established characters or like we could have fleshed out one of the department of homeland security people or something and like that could have like i i feel like we we just like made up a character to get rid of him this episode and and i there's an interesting theory on on reddit that maybe the reason that they had this guy in there was because some fan was gonna be like but there's cctv everywhere they would have seen picard beaming onto the pavement so we had to deal with that in some way and like so so this is the dealing with that. But to me, if the whole Q thing had just happened in Guinan's bar, like, you know, maybe she she summons the Q because she's still got questions about Picard. Mm-hmm. And then Q comes in just after, or Picard comes in just after Q leaves. You know, that we don't really lose much from losing this whole FBI closet with files. Yeah. Sequence. And, and, and the, the CCTV thing, like, I mean, I, I guess, but I, I feel like the way we treated um, Seven of Nine beaming into L.A. 
and then sort of saying like the shh to the little girl who's who thinks she's a superhero like that uh-huh. was a cute way to handle something like that and we did like that didn't require like we didn't have a an episode where she like went into the girl's uh middle school and like uh intervened <laughs> to make sure that uh te- that teachers would would disbelieve her and think that she's a liar uh by like yeah. subtly yeah. screwing with her or something like that's that's an unimportant storyline yeah yeah well let us move away from storylines that perhaps are less important in this episode and move to more important ones we were going to do it after we come back from the break this thing you're doing to picard it's how you're hoping to find meaning in your life i now have a lifetime can a single act redeem a lifetime why bring him to the past? I did not bring him into the past. He did that on his own. There are many forms of time travel. But he's trapped here. The trap is immaterial. It's the escape that counts. Welcome back to Strange New Takes, where we've been talking about chewing gum. Chewing gum invented in uh, the search for a rubber product, actually, by a exiled, uh, I believe it was a Mexican general. Um who who took his like recipe for chicle and uh or or recipe for some sort of gum and then created chicle with it because he couldn't create the rubber product that he wanted and so um interesting create chewing gum instead i i mean that that squares with uh what my grandmother uh always told me is like uh she would say a hundred years when i was a little girl a hundred years ago in mexico uh we didn't have gum we just uh took it out of trees and started chewing on it so (laughs) so maybe she and the the general had had, uh similar ideas so i mean there was there so there was stuff that had happened before this but basically it was antonio lopez de santa ana who moved to new york and he brought the uh chicle c-h-i-c-l-e from mexico to new york as a mm-hmm. rubber substitute, but the rubber didn't work, but it was great chewing gum. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, well, let's get back into Star Trek with which, which plot do we want to talk about first? We want to just get through Zoom and Agnes real quick. Uh, yeah, cause, sure. Cause it's probably, I, I found it to be personally the least interesting out of the lot. Um, the Corey part was kind of interesting uh, in that, you know, we figure out that she isn't smart enough to put two and two together after watching all those videos. She needed Q to show up and be like, hello, here's an explanation of everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought that was also weird for, for me this episode. is like, I thought you watched this last episode. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I go guess... to present. No, <laughs> yes. I, Enhance. <laughs> oh my God. Uh that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you I, found yeah. the, oh. the Reddit subreddit called It's a Unix System? <laughs> no, I've not. So so this is this is a quote from a movie somewhere where, it's a, where some guy says like a TV show is it's a Unix system and then proceeds to like not do anything that's implied by being a Unix system. And it's just basically a, pl- a subreddit for people to post ridiculous things from TVs and movies about, like, the internet, computers, video games. Like, a guy holding up, like, a, a power unit from a CPU being like, we have all of the hard drives! <laughs> like, that's not a hard drive. <laughs> and, of course, the classic CSI, enhance, enhance, add yes. some pixels. <laughs> Which is I, I do regularly in meetings uh, tell people to zoom and enhance. Uh, yeah, right. 
<laughs> well, Corey did it in this episode with her virtual reality uh, headset, apparently. Yeah, and I guess we had a, a callback to like that weird uh, TNG episode with the uh, the like glow in the dark people that uh, Jordy became, where they they did really? the whole like uh, they recreated a three D model out of like all the images or whatever. But we did it with twenty uh, first century technology this time. Yeah, apparently twenty first century cameras not only capture images of what or twenty twenty four cameras not not only of what's ahead. But, like, also what's around corners that the camera can't see. It's just, like, taking in all of the light that's present. <laughs> Probably be like, okay, I know this image is from California, but I want to see what happened in Melilla, Philippines, in this location. And the computer's like, sure thing, here you go. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just captures all of the information in the universe. <laughs> oh, uh, looking forward to that device. Yeah, right. Jeez. But anyway, so 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 Q shows up, explains what's going on to Corey. Apparently he's programmed her freedom to show up in the mail. Yeah. Uh it, it like yeah, it, it was sort of a like oh, I, I I mean I, I'm interested to see what uh how maybe this is different from the timeline. Cause like maybe Soong is not the not the one that we need to worry about and then it's actually Corey or something like that. But I, I'm not a not hundred percent, not a hundred percent sure, and I also am. I like. I know Q is playing the part of antagonist. Uh, I don't know if I don't feel like Q is going to ultimately be like the bad guy of the season, um, at least in the way that he sort of appears to be going so so far. So I, I, I'm I'm a little bit intrigued to see like what who who is trying to prevent what as we're going through the next few episodes mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but right, right now i'm sort of just in a, a a bit of a haze of confusion and i i definitely feel like uh Corey could uh could just become a bad person uh as all augments have so far in star trek history <laughs> so okay the main issue that we're gonna have to deal with is now that Agnes has found Soong. Mm-hmm. Corey leaving him turns out to be kind of this like spiral. So that's, I mean, the motivation for him to be so just down on his luck that even uh, the Borg Queen shows up, clearly mm-hmm. like kind of crazy. He's like, yeah, sure, I can call in a favor to like call up like some crazy special forces team because apparently he has he has that kind of yeah Um, that that part didn't make sense because we i thought we saw like a couple of episodes ago that he like got his funding or that he was going to get his funding pulled and it feels like someone who's who's like in that sort of like threat situation shouldn't like i mean maybe peter teal can get like a, a group of commandos and just go uh uh take them to his private island or whatever but like I, I, I feel like even if you have a, a an insane amount of money, I don't know that, like, you can call up a general and they're just going to give you special ops people with sci-fi weapons. In, like, an hour. It's yeah. like, all right, Dr. Soong, thank you. You might be a disgraced guy with articles that call you a mad scientist, but I here have got, like, all of these super soldiers ready to go in your location. <laughs> It's like when Dr. Soon goes to the internet, it's like, you know how they say in some people's like, hot singles in your air. It's like, hot special forces officers <laughs> located near you. And he's like, oh, I know who to call. 
Um, I, I mean, I, I guess this is the future, or this is the alternate reality where uh, the like 1996 was a was a uh, like Khan saying like wasn't like in charge of like most of the planet. So I, I suppose probably Soong was one of the people engineering augments, mm-hmm. and so there might be these type of special forces people just kind of scattered around everywhere uh, as part of, like, what was left over from whatever kind of world government thing that was, but... um, Right, right. Yeah. Well, and then the Borg Queen is like, all right, I'm going to go walk up and slowly assimilate this person, and nobody in the room is like, that shit's weird, bang! You know, like... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's... it's, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, okay, this was, I think, the part that just kind of, I was just like, you know, this entire season so far has not had the kind of, like, you know, vibe of, like, army with guns, you know? We've not had the, it's it's been kind of this, like, almost, like, slice of life in Star Trek, where it's not, the, the things that they've been doing haven't affected the, like, this, like, giant group of people. But now it looks like, you know, the Borg Queen's got all these drones with guns, and it's going to become kind of a shooting match. And I'm not particularly excited for that. Um, yeah. Although maybe uh, Jurati has really been in charge the whole time. And uh, she's going to show up and use those guns to make sure that the Europa mission does launch. She, she, she created a group of friends for her. Is is really the the goal here, <laughs> and it's just right. like since they were special forces people, they were probably going to get themselves killed soon, and so probably they whether they uh, get assimilated is not going to affect the future because they right. were already going to get it selected out. Right, exactly. So it's basically it is it is good to have um, them get taken to the future to be Agnes Girardi's friends. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, we'll see what happens with all these people and bad Soong. Um, kind of cool that the Soong family is finally getting called out for being the complete fucking nutjobs that they are. I feel like most <laughs> of Star Trek has been like, look at these quirky scientists doing this quirky eugenic stuff. It's hilarious to be playing with genetics and creating a, like a master race, isn't it? Ha ha ha. And now it's finally like, okay, this guy was like a nut and... We're calling him out for being a complete nut and, you know, for being, like, the progenitor for very racist reality. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of interesting that uh, Soong from, uh, like, uh, originally in TNG, like, uh, he's actually, like, the least assholey of all of them. <laughs> right. He's, like, he's he's mostly just, like, a an uncaring nut job who only cares about his androids. And it's that's, like the least bad that any soon could do. <laughs> yeah, and he, he just wanted to create some robots for some friends. And, you know, it's it's not quite... Uh, and, and he just created, like, this really awkward, like, gamer guy. And, and then his, like, <laughs> son or whatever creates this, like, race of incredibly beautiful people who are twins. And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about the first season of Picard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all should have. But anyway, they had two couple of good episodes. Um, anyway, uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with with Soong and Agnes and Corey and whatever. Um, uh, Corey leaving was kind of badass. I'll say that. That was kind of nice to see her just be like, "Fuck you!" And the genetics that you wrote in on, I'm out. Peace. Yeah. Um, anyway, 
But uh, let's let's move into talking about Seven and Gerard, uh, Seven and Raffi's plot because that had a few elements involving the Vork Queen. Um, turns out that they didn't really get very far away from that bar that they were hanging out outside of, and dude, yeah, what awkward. Oh yeah, go ahead. Wasn't they just like walked slightly to the left, and that's where she ended up being? Or I wasn't sure if that's actually where the the like set of cars were, or if they went further away. But so this is another one of my little gripes. The passage of time seems to be very strange in this show, because um, a lot like seemingly some stuff has happened, at least in our knowledge of what's going on since, like we last saw Seven and Gerardi Hercule Poiroting the broken glass. But in Seven and Girardi's world, it's like the very next minute that they show up and the guy's like cleaning the glass and they're like, hey, can you help us? Yeah. And yeah, and I I guess, I mean, it certainly uh, uh, Girardi like has, has been up to some things, but mostly those things where she killed one dude, which I, I when, he, when they said, he said a guy with a red beard, it was like, oh shit, are we going to kill the punk rocker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the entire uh, band is dead. Um. <laughs> but uh no we did not kill him which i guess maybe would have been a sad end of like the guy got traumatized by spock and then gets murdered by a borg queen uh, oh no yeah that would be the, i thought you were talking about the 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 rocker the the people playing in the in the uh oh uh, uh, the bar but no you're talking about the guy in the bus <laughs> yes because yeah. he has oh, a red boy. beard now <laughs> yeah 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 no that would be not great um well we do see the um we do see basically the guy who stares at Gerardi as she walks in he's playing pool he's ended up dead now mm-hmm. uh, that was kind of stark i but before that I, I i should i should guess i should just wait for just a second i did like the dialogue between seven and raffi in this episode even if i didn't really like the flashback with elnor as much um yeah i did appreciate them calling out raffi's behavior and then Seven also kind of talking about how she's sensitive about having to rely on her Borgness, I guess. Yeah, I I, I thought that that was uh, one of the strongest moments of the episode was was sort of uh, getting deep into the uh, deeper into the like the relationship and the feelings of these characters. And uh, mm-hmm. like Seven is interesting because it's a uh, like her viewpoint should be pretty unique out of everybody and so it's uh especially like now that she's I, I i still don't like fully understand why she's like herself but a f- but like fully human and like doesn't have borg implants but it like remembers being in the in the yeah like yeah like i, I don't exactly know how that works but um it at least gi- is giving her like an interesting viewpoint of like she remembers being Borg, but like doesn't have any of those implants in her anymore. And uh, I, 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 I like sort of uh, diving a little bit deeper into this the notion of like why is it hard to be ex Borg? Uh, and part of that is like there, there's that addi- sort of like addiction component to it of that she she needs to have uh like the the thoughts of others like with with her and like that that would be um that sort of helps her get into the mind of Gerardi as Borg Queen is that sh- like she needs to reestablish a collective not right. as not because of like a strategic thing but because like life is terrible without uh sort of having that collective with you and it's like it's more of like a she would be feeling like a personal need uh to do this which I think is interesting 
It is. It is interesting. And just to your point earlier about her not having the Borg implants, I think the implication is that their bodies are changed to whatever they had been in the reality that they, you know, the dystopian reality, which would have been a very easy way to de-robot Picard. But instead, they gave Q that stupid line of, in this reality, you're a robot because of blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if that was like a, uh, uh, it, it almost feels like a, um, they had to fix a plot hole because they forgot to mention that uh, when they filmed originally and then they just have him make that quick line in that, in that scene or something as a reshoot kind of situation, but. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, anyway, um, we move on, we see, we see the, the flashback with Elnor, of course, but then we move on to seeing um, the, the car battery scene. Uh, where the Girardi is just eating lithium car batteries. I thought that was... I, I did like the idea of, like, the Borg Queen has to seek heavy metals, so she has... You know, I, I thought that was, like, kind of interesting uh, plot point. Well, it's it's stabilizing metals, because li- lithium is actually the, one of the lightest of the metals. Oh, okay, but, stabilizing metals. Okay, okay, uh, okay. I know nothing but about I, metals. I, I was a little bit sad that we didn't pull up on her, and she's just, like, has her face, like, buried into a car battery <laughs> with, uh-huh. like... Uh, battery acid like dripping down her cheek or something like that but uh that was that's that's more uh lower decks territory than uh star trek picard <laughs> yeah 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 i i mean i also thought it was interesting to see how um uh she spares raffi so there is a little bit of Girardi yeah. still in there i thought that was an interesting way to establish that i liked it yeah and, and it's um I mean, I I think it it then it it caused some weird pacing issues of like, well, so why didn't they just like follow her, or like shoot her or things like that uh, instead of uh, letting her go and find Soong and be completely mm-hmm. untracked at that point? But um, it's yeah, I, I I think that that was a um, that was a good way of showing like the audience that like yeah, Gerardi is still in there that. Uh, I feel like it would have been a little bit hard to do. I suppose without ha- without um, uh, I guess I cut like a, a previous episodes we've seen like both Borg Queen and Gerardi like talking to each other as sort of the way to show that that uh, they are both present and uh, it, they're sort of like wrestling control over the body. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a way to sort of show that without having to have Gerardi's perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We the, it was kind of a quick way to establish it without it being kind of tortured. Yeah, it doesn't need to be a, a plot point this episode. Besides a half second call out. Yeah. Well, um, moving on, we should we should talk a little bit about kind of the 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 Sirios and Ricardo and Teresa of it all. I was really just afraid that when Ricardo said, oh, but tell me upset. I was like, no, he's becoming bored. <laughs> the replicators I mean, have that Yeah, maybe that, maybe that was uh, the the replicators are also have some board code in there. And <laughs> that's so. Right, uh, right. Uh, it seems I a little was... too, too tragic to, to go to. It's like, oops. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Got it's a... just like, he got cake, we were all happy for him, now he's bored. It's like, <laughs> you know, you just have crying Rios, like, shooting him. it just be, like, horrible. I I, I guess I, I'm a little bit 
I mean, maybe this was like established really well uh, in a previous episode, but I don't really get why he has them in the La Serena. Like, I mean, Um, maybe it's safer than being in L.A. with a Borg queen on the loose or something, but... I think he just likes likes Teresa and wants to take like yeah and I, and uh, as my my wife mentioned when I I was talking a bit about the 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 issues of uh, romance over timelines uh, in in Star Trek and my wife said uh, that it was fine in Star in Star Trek Four because Kirk is too sexy to change the timeline and I th- I'm pretty sure that if that is what what makes it so that it was okay for him to bring her into the future same thing applies to Rios. Uh, so that's, that's, uh, probably we're, we're going to make that canon here is when we bring her to the future, it'll be all fine because he's just too sexy. Well, here's, here's, here's something else that I, I learned, um, through this episode, or I can't remember if it's through the episode or if it was in, in a, in a, uh, thread on Reddit, but the clinic probably got shut down, right? Like, cause they, they arrested people at it. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably no longer operating. Um, so if the clinic is gone, I feel less bad to take Teresa back to the future away from her work. And I really want their romance because I am like shipping them real hard now. <laughs> like she seems just exactly right for Rios and seems really badass. And I wouldn't mind seeing her on the Stargazer, let's put it that way, as like the chief medical officer or something, right? Um, I, 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 I guess she was able to use like the the brain scanny thing uh for so i don't i don't get why they trusted a doctor from right. 400 years ago <laughs> to right. use this yeah. instrument she's never used but like 100 yeah, uh the user experience design in the 25th century is is so good that you don't have to know anything about what you're doing and it'll just work are you excited for ricardo to be the new wesley on the stargazer <sighs> oh god i mean so so far he's had he's had much better writing than most uh tng uh uh children (laughs) so there's that at the very least um right right but yeah um all right so let's uh let's let's talk about a little bit more about that rios teresa scene where she's like pretend that we've been together for 10 years and we're getting divorced soon (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like whoa lady relax <laughs> like what the hell <laughs> yeah that, that that was like uh i mean it's 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 an interesting idea of like yeah tr- tell me something that uh even after like a decade or of being together that i wouldn't have learned or something so that i can get to like the true core of you <laughs> that was like the the most like alarming way to <laughs> phrase that <laughs> Right, right. I was just like, oh my god, what is going on? Like, it is, uh... Like, this is the thing, the same thing with the Q thing, right? I think that thematically what they're trying to do was, like, a cool effort. But they just wrote it in a really weird way. Where, like, she's trying to be all romantic and stuff, and she's really not, in my opinion, at least. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, yeah. I I, I don't know how how often people are, are, uh, yeah, just pulling that kind of line of, like, it... We, we we haven't even really explored like our relationship and it's like assume that we've been having a lot of sex uh, over a while but it's gotten a little bit tired and we're not so into each other anymore it's like what right. why are we what are we talking about <laughs> what are you yeah, trying to do just, just like take it easy um <laughs> I, I i did not i did not understand all of that uh at all to be honest um 
Uh, but anyway, it did establish that the two of them are kind of like, you know, clearly in love with one another. Um, yeah. And there's going to be like the scene either where they say goodbye or where he convinces her to come uh, come with you. So um, we'll see what uh, what happens. I... I'm 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 really want more from Rios though. I'd really like a few times now he's 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 teased very, very like deep stuff. Mm-hmm. And we haven't heard him actually dive into it in, in a lot of like good detail. And I want like a Rios focused character episode so bad. Yeah, I, I could go into a or I could be for a um even like a spin-off of like Star Star Trek Stargazer, like that would be amazing. Uh, right. or, or like diving into a, a bit of his past, like when he, uh, uh, was on the ship that ended up getting erased, uh, as the Ibn, Ibn Majid or something like that. Right. Uh, but it's, um, yeah, I, I, I guess it, that also brings me to like, I've been enjoying this season, uh, uh, certainly a lot more than the first, uh, season of Star Trek Picard, but they, they do seem to keep doing this thing where it's. Like, they're not entirely sure what to do with, like, half the cast. Or mm-hmm. or maybe, like, a third of the cast. And so they just, like, put them on the La Serena uh, just because, like, I can't figure out anywhere else that I should put them. Uh, so, I like, it. presumably he's going to do something interesting that is, like, going to help save the day at some point. But it just kind of feels like he and Teresa and, uh, are just, like, kind of, like, in a room somewhere. And there's there's no like purpose to that, which I mean you know when you have a larger cost that's gonna happen. And I think I think with Seven and Raffi we didn't see them do as much on the La Serena. They were just like oh there's Borg shit in the ship, and so but yeah. with the two of them at least there's like this love plot. So I feel like they've given us, and I think that's where the Seven and Raffi kind of ongoing like relationship drama is coming in. It gives them something, some tension to resolve in the scenes where it's just the two of them. And there's mm-hmm. no, like, action on the screen. And I think, generally speaking, this season, I have been happy with what they're doing. This is the old, this is the first episode where I was like, man, they are just wasting time at this point. Like, I... And, and to, like, bring it all together, I don't think we could have... We would have really missed much if we didn't get this episode. I think I think this episode going away would really not do anything bad for us. Yeah, especially with your your suggested edit of uh, they summon Q and like yeah maybe he takes a while because uh, like he he can't like uh, snap his fingers and appear but like he he walks across the city or takes it takes an Uber mm-hmm. and then gets to the bar after Picard got bored and left we could still have had that conversation uh, did didn't need Ron Howard to come downstairs and arrest him and then unarrest <laughs> them a little bit later yeah. Well, we'll see how the following episode takes some of these plot points. I'm hoping the Borg thing gets resolved quickly. I'm really just... I just need their... I, I don't need, like, Special Forces drones. That was just... <laughs> I, I saw that on screen and I was like, oh, no, please. Yeah, no. yeah. Like, it's 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 very... Um, uh, like, it feels like more we're trying to do, like, Marvel Cinematic Universe type stuff of, like, and there's yes. this secret splinter yes. government that has super soldiers that are going a- a- around the world to help billionaires do bad things yes i you nailed it it felt more like something out of marvel than star trek you're absolutely right 
Um, I I completely agree, and I, I I'm just hoping that it's like that that you know the first scene next episode they just resolve that like maybe they all just get well, transported into space or something. Yeah, no, I I mean uh, Star Trek Picard shows that it's fully able to like set up a huge Borg threat and then just delete it in the following episode, like we did with uh, uh, Seven kind of becoming a Borg queen in the first season. Uh, yeah, just right. all, all her joint, all her drones got spaced, and then she crashed the cube, and it didn't, it didn't help them at all. So you know, one in really interesting plot point that I think I regret that we haven't, I or maybe I hope that this is the direction it's going. The Borg Queen wants to be the person in the pilot's seat of the Europa mission. So for four hundred years, she slowly drifts to the point where the star stargazer was. And that's how she comes in in the future. Whoa. Um, so it's it's basically the Borg Queen trying to escape Earth rather than... like So the Borg Queen isn't trying to be evil at all. It's just her mm. trying to get back to the collective as such. So she just wants to... She wants to take over the mission, but it's not to like eat humanity or whatever. It's just so that she can find some togetherness. Which is... This is Seven references that in, in, in this episode. She's like, I would be trying to find that connection. It's addictive. I want that over everything else. But there's some nuance to it. Yeah, I I, I think like they, they've got to connect somehow to that uh, that first episode. And I'm, I'm wondering if this is going to be a thing where um, maybe they set us they set us up to expect uh, kind of the fixing of the timeline to happen in one go. Like that, they're gonna they're gonna come here to like prevent whatever it is that that happened. I'm wondering if we're gonna have like two splits where it's uh, uh, the thing that we cause is that sort of uh, whatever that Borg incursion into real space was uh, that happened, and then we have to fix that, or like or like we need to break the timeline in that way in order to fix it for real or something. But I uh, I feel like we have a very few or a very short amount of episodes left and i'm not sure how we're gonna like tie that up i mean you could also think about it as maybe q thinks introducing the borg to humanity was his greatest mistake in life and he's trying to set it right but that changes the entire timeline that we're used to <laughs> so uh I, I don't know there's very interesting things that they can do uh let's just put it this way i think I, I really want them to stick the landing on like season one where I thought they were doing okay until the final episode or two and I was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think like moment to moment, even if they screw up the landing, it'll. this is still a more enjoyable season for me than the previous one. Um, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. for the most part, it's, it's just episode four and Nepenthe that I uh, would recommend watching and... Everything else is kind of, eh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Just watch Game of Thrones if you want to see incest, weird and <laughs> you yes. know you don't need to watch. Anyway, let's let's go into strange new readings. I'm going to stick my neck out first uh, and say that this is the first episode that I probably would not rewatch. I just uh, eh, six and a half out of ten for me. It's the first episode this season that I wasn't like, okay, what's coming up next? I, I can't wait to see the next episode. Um, the cliffhanger kind of fell flat for me because of aforementioned mercenary uh, fatigue. Yeah, yeah I, I, th I think that th this is the um, the first episode of this season where I'm not like, holy shit, what's going to happen next next week? Like, I can't yeah. wait. Uh, now I'm sort of like, okay, well, uh, 
I don't know, like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she might come help save the day or something. Or, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, it, it, it's yeah. So it, <laughs> uh, I, I'm kind of unsure about how I would rate this because um, I, I, uh, truth be told, I, I don't know that I minded the episode quite so much. I actually, I was not a fan of the previous episode because I'm, I'm not, not very into like. Uh, let's go into Picard's mind palace where he has weird Victorian thoughts uh, <laughs> and stuff like that. So okay, okay. I, but but I I, I think mm, I think I'll I'll do this one a seven. Uh, it was in, in terms of like the first watch was fine, but yeah, on reflection, not an important episode and uh, kind of didn't. Uh, didn't set me up for uh, an exciting like conclusion, whatever it is they're going to do next. Okay. All right. Uh, I think that is an incredibly fair perspective. Seven on 10 uh, is a, is a very fair score. Um, well, let's, let's get to the end credits here. First of all, I just want to give a little bit of a shout out to Judy who uh, tweets us occasionally and listens to our show. I may not always get to responding to your tweets because uh, I'm slow and and life kind of comes in the way of me checking Twitter sometimes. But thank you for writing to us. I do appreciate it, Judy, and thanks for listening. Uh, thank you to all of our listeners as well out there. Um, we're quickly coming up to both Strange New Worlds and episode 100, which will coincide for this podcast. Uh, we planned it. We've got an inside line to Alex Kurtzman. And we were like, yo, bro, we've got 100 episodes between now and Strange New Worlds. Let's just... Let's just stick it, okay? Let's, and let's the, the thing is, uh, unfortunately, that is why this episode exists and also why they added the casino episode. He, he right. told us he was going to have to throw a couple of clunkers in there. Right. Uh, and we said, it, you you have to do it. Uh, it that's, just, that's just how it's got to be because we right. have to hit 100. Exactly, exactly. This was immaculately planned. Um, another little bit of information, uh, Adam. Uh, this is this is actually more to do with Star Trek. Have you seen the preview for strange previews for Strange New Worlds that are coming out on social media? So I'm not talking about the trailers. I'm talking about the little like uh, three or four second videos that they put on Instagram. No, I have not been seeing those because I, I enjoyed the the trailers. Uh, mm-hmm. th- there's just like a I'm, there's a sense of fun that I'm I'm looking forward to uh, out of this series, so uh, in, I'm intrigued. Yeah, so so the the theme I am getting is really strange new worlds. Like they're leaning heavily into we are taking you to un previously unseen environments. So this one mm. thing I think I saw on Instagram right now for 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 sure just had like the logo, so the text like Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And mm. every like half second or so, they would change the environment that was shown, and it was this is like weird flora and fauna, like s- snow Ooh. and like weird stuff. It's and and even some of the character vignettes have been kind of like Spock with his like tricorder stepping out of this like weird like future garden, and it's just like I am incredibly excited for them to lean heavily into an episodic kind of you know let's just see some cool aliens. Um, alien worlds uh uh aesthetic let's put it that way but i i I, you still need to hook me by having machines are going to end all sentient life in the galaxy no i I, I don't i don't know if if i'm going to quite know that this is star trek unless you do that no no more mass effect i don't need that and then they'll come (laughs) back like a year later be like sorry we're gonna redo the 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 series finale of strange new worlds we we ruined it, and we know all of you have been hating on it. Um, Here's here's some shitty comics that you can tape on the end of the 
episode. Oh my god. They're coming out with a new Mass Effect, by the way. Have you seen this? I I mean I I heard the the mentions of it like uh years and years and years ago and there's a um there was sort of like a teaser trailer maybe last year uh-huh, uh uh-huh. that had some uh I think it was talking about a like a, a fifth arc was going away so it it seems like maybe we're going to unify a bit of Andromeda and uh the mainline Mass Effect series or something I could never finish Andromeda confession I tried playing it and I just couldn't I I don't know I I I think I I liked Andromeda more than at, at the very least like the um I think it it got maybe slightly more of the like the social media hate than it quite deserved okay. uh but it is uh it, I I was a little bit melancholy melancholy uh playing Andromeda cuz I I just re- replayed it after playing the legendary edition of oh, uh, Mass okay. Effect and um while while it was an enjoyable experience i am doubtful whether bioware will ever make a good game again like i i just like so much of what i've heard of the sort of the mm-hmm. internal internal politics of and just sort of like the management of that studio has been going on for the past few years i i just i don't have a high confidence of things and and i i mean i really enjoyed uh Dragon Age Inquisition, but uh, like so many of the people that were sort of around, like making some of these beloved things are they're just they're not there anymore. Right. And um, I, I I mean it, if 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 Mass Effect Four ends up being good, or I've I've heard that it's, it's possibly five. Mass it's Effect five. five or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it ends up being good, it'll be like. A, an enormous turnaround and like a uh, borderline like miracle in terms of uh, <laughs> uh, like how development works. Uh, I, I don't have a, a good idea of uh, games development specifically, but uh, in terms of uh, like producing software, uh, I, I, I'm a, a software engineer. So I, I have a good sense mm-hmm. of at least the types of things that are required. And uh, yeah, it, it is, it will be amazing if this if they make a turnaround. Uh, but I'm I'm unfortunately not feeling hopeful at the moment. I think that's a good way to look at it, actually, because I've always found that my expectation when my expectations are lower, I enjoy things more. That's um, that's true too. And and so I, I've just I'm just started Mass Effect two in the legendary edition, so I'm I'm maybe gonna mm. play and drop give and drop it another shot after I'm done. But we'll see. We'll see. Well, thanks, Adam, for coming over here. I always appreciate talking Star Trek, but hey, we just talked about some Mass Effect. It's been fun. Enjoy yeah, we it. can have a Splinter podcast uh, that we we can do for Mass Effect 5. Right, exactly, exactly, exactly. So, um, well, also thank you, Bill. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Max. And thank you, Dinah, for being our other usual co-hosts. We always appreciate having you on to discuss Star Trek, and hopefully we can do that again soon. Thanks, um, Notch, for making this a thing that we can all do. Of course, I'm very excited for Strange New Worlds. We'll get there soon. Um, Thanks again, listeners. You're being thanked twice for making us a part of your week. We appreciate you listening and writing in and and just being out there. So thanks for that. Um, Also want to thank Jishu Guha for recording our theme music. Thank you very much for strumming away at that guitar about a year and a half ago. 
or maybe two years ago. I can't even remember how long it was that I asked him to do that. So <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> and then um, special thanks to the passers-by of that parking lot where the Borg Queen was eating batteries and just being like, whoa, that's some weird shit, but we're not going to call the cops or really just interfere in any way. You know, broad daylight, there's like all this crazy crap happening in this parking lot, but everyone passing by was like, just another day in LA. And they're just, just me- walking It's method actors, you know? Like, yeah. they, they probably have to do it for a role. Exactly. They're like, this is probably some movie that's filming, and there's just like cameras like from really far away, so we should not interfere and make a big deal out of this. Let them just do whatever they're doing and get on with their lives. Alright, that's all for Strange New Takes this week, everybody. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye.